Ever since I was a small boy, I've been obsessed with movies, books, and music. But as I grow older, I've begun to realize that these things increasingly miss the mark of fulfilling who we are meant to be. But they seem to have a common theme. They point us to a greater story, a greater adventure, a greater love, a greater joy. On this show, we dive into some of our favorite themes in songs, books, and movies so that we can begin the discussion of what our fascination with these stories actually reveal. A desire for something more. A desire for the unknown. A desire for love. A desire for God. Welcome to the adventure. Let's get started. Welcome back to the Christ in Culture. This is Clint. This is Gordon. And we are mixing it up a little bit. This is going to be Gordon's first time hosting the show. Yep. Uh, so we're pretty excited about that. And we are also changing location a little bit. So things are a little bit weird on this end, but we're going to roll with it. So hopefully you all enjoy it. Gordon, you want to go ahead and start off with any media or anything you've seen this past couple of days since our last recording? Nothing. Too much has changed. Still reading kind of the same books. Last week I kind of like alluded to it, but I did watch Justice League Mm -hmm. recently, which was really good. I kind of told Chris I liked Batman vs Superman better, but now I'm not too sure. Really thinking about it, yeah, I need to kind of rewatch the DC movies more than once. They're not ones that like right away. I'm like, I love it. So I've got a confession. I actually don't think I've seen any of them other than Wonder Woman. It's the only one I've seen. Okay. So yeah. No, that's fine. Confession. <laughs> no big deal. At I've all. seen all the Marvel ones, though. Yeah. I honestly haven't seen or done that much either, other than I'm still reading the same books. We just recorded like three days ago for the last episode, so we haven't had much transition time here. But I did see Kingsman, the second one, The Golden Circle, which was pretty good. I enjoyed it. There's not. Are those worth watching? I haven't seen either of them. I kind of know their premises, but. Yeah, I enjoy them. They're a little cheesy at times, but they're not bad. I, I enjoy both of them. They got some pretty good humor in it, too. So I would say it's a pretty good watch. Definitely for adult audiences, though. Yeah. Uh, there's parts in there that are not for kids, and there's quite a bit of swearing as well. So mm. be cautious about that. But And then the other thing is we actually, both of us, just finished watching another movie called Mr. Nobody. Right. And that's actually going to be our topic for today. Yeah. So as Clint might have just realized, I'm into some very strange movies. Guys, this is one of the weirdest movies that I've ever seen in my life. Imagine like uh, Inception and The Matrix, put them together, and it's still <laughs> easier to understand than this, this movie. But it was very, very good. So. Yeah. If anyone's seen like Donnie Darko, it's kind of that like, philosophy and like confusion of like time minus like time travel yeah it it definitely makes you think and i like those movies because it's not just passive watching people beat each other up there's actually some thought behind it which is kind of cool yeah so before i begin with kind of breaking down mr nobody two things one i hate like spoiling anything it's one thing i don't like doing because i hate it myself but Kind of have to like dissect this movie some, so there will be some spoilers. It's on Netflix. It's not a well, really well known movie. 
Um, but it's very good. Go check it out. Another thing is, is once I get started, I'm very detailed, so I can just tell you <laughs> the whole movie beginning to end very easily. So that might happen. That might not. So once the spoilers start, they're just going to keep <laughs> they're coming. They're just going to keep coming. <laughs> so Mr. Nobody, though, is basically a movie about a boy, teenager, young adult, old man named Nemo Nobody. Right. And we kind of meet him at his old stage um, when the movie starts and he's turning 118 in the future and they don't really show us like what the future all we know about the future roughly is that they've kind of used stem cells to beat mortality so not everyone is immortal they don't really die of old age and so Nemo nobody is the last mortal man who's about to turn 118 and pretty much on his deathbed so they're kind of like live broadcasting his death and as the movie unfolds you kind of note like we see the history of Nemo's life because an interviewer comes in to see kind of what it was your life I want to know about immortal life and we see every possible outcome of Nemo's life like everything everything whether his like his parents you'll you'll see early on split up and it's what would have happened if he stayed with his dad versus what would have happened if he stayed with his mom what would have happened if he dated this person versus this person? And that happens throughout the whole movie, almost to the point it's confusing. And you realize it's he's telling... It's definitely confusing. <laughs> you realize he's telling this story this way to the interviewer, and the interviewer almost doesn't understand like what's true and what's not true in his life. And so we'll break this down and kind of how this plays into our faith and theology. But to open, I want to kind of touch on like how the movie opens. The movie opens with a bird, a pigeon, and it's going into kind of like psychology of the pigeon hits is in a cage and every time it hits the buzzer with its beak a door opens and it feeds on like some seeds and it realizes it makes association with that like okay i push the buzzer i can get food until the point where they put the door of the food on a 20 second timer and the bird now is thinking like once it opens what did i do to make the door open like why did i deserve food and so, like, if the bird was flapping its wings at the time that the door opened, then it thinks, because I was flapping my wings, the door opens. So as soon as the door closes, for 20 seconds, the bird's flapping its wings. And they call that pigeon superstition. But it plays on this question that opens the movie and kind of goes into the story of, like, what did I do to deserve this? Which I think is something we can think more often not in our faith when something good happens to us, especially when something bad happens, like... Why, did I, why do I deserve this or why did that have to happen? And this movie with so many decisions and so many things to deserve or not deserve, I think pretty much is a doorway into what free will is and isn't and that we have free will even with a God that knows everything that can happen. Right. And I think in a few episodes, we've kind of talked a little bit about looking back at our life and looking back at consequences and blessings especially in our hashtag blessed episode and stuff like that but when we look back at our lives we begin to see kind of some answers to those questions I think maybe not all of them but we start to see uh, a little bit of a chain effect of the decisions that we make especially looking back as we get older and when we were younger and how the things that we choose affect the rest of our life and I think that's a huge part of how this movie plays out. Yeah, I, I also think this movie's 
a big part of like something that I've experienced for sure. And I know a lot of my friends, you know, who pray and, you know, ask God for things or just try to have that conversation with God. You know, they always often ask or often want to know like what's going to happen next. Mm -hmm. Like you've put me here or you've caused this thing to happen. Can you please explain why? Can you please show me what's next? Can and like, we just ask God all the time, like, what's the purpose here what what's the next step that can explain this or the next step for why i feel like i'm supposed to be here but i don't know the rest and yeah free will is just like a tricky thing for some people to like conceptualize but i think when we think back with adam and eve and god granted us like morality and the essence of here here's here's your your being everything is good here's a garden do with it what you please but please like don't do this and but you can if you like want to like i'm not going to stop you i don't want to intervene in your life but i want to i want what's best for you mm-hmm. which if you go if we ever know thomas saint thomas aquinas it's an essence of what love is god loves us so like love is willing the good of the other and because we have free will that's where satan came in and played with that idea with Eve and said like no you can that tree's good go and eat of it and we see right away in this movie Nemo's first big decision is with his parents mm-hmm. his parents get a divorce after we like learn of his like upbringing and they play within this movie too besides decisions and choice but also what's called the butterfly effect right where one thing causes a domino effect to and chain reaction of another and so they're at a train station. The mom is leaving and they're like, have you decide, decided yet who you want to go with? Do you want to leave with me or do you want to stay with your dad? And it's not until she gets on the train and she says run that he runs to the mom and in one scenario makes it. And in another scenario, the dad calls out to Nemo, which gets him to look over and his shoe, like the laces snap and his shoe falls off. So he doesn't make it. And it's mm-hmm. like this butterfly effect there and then we see for the rest of the movie plays out like what would happen if he'd stay with his mom and what would happen if he went with his dad Mm -hmm. so it says in the end of the movie nemo couldn't make the decision because he didn't know what was going to happen right but then he knew everything was going to happen and he still couldn't make that decision so either way the decision was hard to make Um, and i think we often get stuck in wanting to make a decision or in discernment whether we're trying to discern our actual vocation of being like religious life or marriage or just discern a tough decision. Like I'm a missionary, as you guys heard last episode, um, and that wasn't like an easy decision to make. And I discerned out of foreign mission to stay here. And so just in those moments, wanting a clear answer from God and not always getting it, but just like making the, the leap, as you hear a lot of people say in their kind of conversion stories. Yeah, and that's actually something we were just talking about with a couple of the young adults in our group this last week. We were talking a little bit about discernment and, uh, I guess, decision-making in a way, and prayerfully deciding what God wants for our lives. And we we actually kind of talked about this a little bit, about how a lot of the times we sometimes might even get the answer from God. You know, we're asking God, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? God is not trying to be mysterious. 
a lot of the times he gives us exactly the answer. It just might not be what we're looking for. And so we continue to pretend like we didn't hear it and keep asking the question. I think that's something that I struggled a lot with, especially when uh, I was kind of feeling the call to go into ministry. I was working in insurance and I was doing all right there. And, you know, I just kept feeling this call to leave my work and then go into youth ministry. But I kept asking, okay, God, well, what else do you want me to do? What, what other option do you have? And I think we do that a lot. We just keep asking, okay, well, I know you want me to do that, but what's, what's a plan B? Give me a plan B. We don't really need a plan B if we're willing to follow plan A. And there's another quote that's kind of close to the one that you were just saying there, Gordon, when they say there's a point when the only viable move is not to move at all. And I don't really think that's necessarily the case. When I was in discernment, I was in this uh, priesthood discernment group with a priest from my college. And I remember sitting down one time and he gave us this kind of weird example. He said, sometimes discernment is like when you are sitting on the toilet too long. It's, it's kind of a weird example, but when you're sitting too long, your legs start to hurt. You know, it just feels weird. And so he says, sometimes you just got to go or get off the pot. And what he was trying to say there is it's a really weird example. But what he's trying to say is sometimes we just got to make a decision. And then when we make that decision, something's going to happen. And if it's something that God wants for us, then he'll he'll bless that and he'll show us. And if it wasn't part of his will, then he'll make that yeah. obvious and he'll still bless it to the extent that, that he wills. So, Yeah, and another thing that was said in the movie, kind of from the little boy he's kind of narrating throughout, is we can't go back. That's why it's hard to choose. And yeah. I think that feeling or that thought is what causes that stalling moment. Mm-hmm. Um, I have some friends that I know, you know, just between jobs, and they're ones that, like, love doing so many different things. And it's like, I want to find the right thing, which is something that the interviewer asks Nemo, who was interviewing the old man. And he's like, all these things couldn't have happened. You couldn't have died, but also lived. You couldn't have married this woman, but also not. Which one of these lives is the right one? Mm-hmm. And Nemo's like telling it all because he doesn't want to make that choice of one life versus another. And so, yeah, these, these my friends have like laid it out and like, I don't know where to go. But I feel like in these conversations, I say, I feel like I should just choose one and start doing it and see what happens. And I think God meets us there in those moments of action, of initiative. And I think the same goes for, like I mentioned, kind of how how vocation works or we could be discerning vocation. And there was a time in my own life, I actually discerned the priesthood, um, which I think, you know, religious life is something if you haven't discerned, obviously you should keep that open and think about it. And uh, the priesthood was very attractive for me for a while. And there's a book, it's called To to Save a Thousand Souls. And it was what came up when I first kind of pushed this idea towards Clint and Steve as a podcast idea of, in the book, it talks about what vocation is. And it breaks down, we have four vocations. The first vocation being our simple call to holiness. 
So that's not something we get to choose. It's just, it is. So our first vocation is to be holy Mm -hmm. um, and to strive to be as holy as we can. Our second call would be the vocations we know, religious life, the priesthood, marriage, or single life. And it says a vocation is a call. It is not a commandment. Mm -hmm. We have a choice. And if we choose to become married, and in retrospect, we were technically called to, be, to go to the priesthood, God still meets us in that marriage. God still blesses it. Mm-hmm. God still gives us children and allows his work to be done through that. Yeah, it, it's not that when we, I don't want to say choose the wrong vocation, but when you choose a vocation that is, I guess, that you weren't intended for, I guess would be the best way to say it you still find happiness, you still find joy, and you still find blessings and fruit in that. And we also see that a little bit in the story, too, of Mr. Nobody. We see throughout his life, no matter what choice he made, even the ones that seemed like they were kind of bad, there were still blessings in those. And he was still able to recognize some of those as well. And so I think that's really important to to remember. But when we have this call... Every call demands a response, yes. you know, and I think that's the important part that we're trying to get across here is when we have a call, something has to happen. Even ignoring the call in a way is, is a response, a delayed response, but a response in itself. But eventually we need to make a decision of what to do to that call. Correct. Yeah. God doesn't want us to sit around and do nothing with what we have. He wants us to make a choice and there's something you know i think steve's talked about it some sins of omission so sinning by not acting or by not living out that first vocation of holiness and we've been reading the 33 days of merciful love me and steve and some other guys and that's kind of saint therese of Lisieux's little way she breaks down to three things and gives a metaphor of like a stairway and how god comes down to the lowly to pick them up and so the metaphor is we are little and the idea is to remain little and a little child at the bottom of a huge stairway can't make it to up to the first step, can't put their foot up, mm-hmm. but they're not supposed to just sit there and not try. They're supposed to try to step up. And in that moment of seeing a struggle, God comes down and picks us up to help. But if we just stayed there and God doesn't see that we want to go up the stairs, there's really no, not that communication of like, this is what I want. This is what I'm going to try to do. Right. Um, and she even goes even further saying like, we're supposed to fail. If we don't fail and we succeed, then it kind of goes to our head and we can fall into bigger sins of pride. So mm-hmm. God allows us to fail with small things and helps us through those moments to keep us from worse and bigger sins. I think for a lot of people, maybe the reason why we're not willing to to make that effort is because, well, th- we have that question in our mind, does God even exist? Does God even care? And there's there's a line, I guess it's, it's a couple lines in here, in the movie where, as a child, he's trying to figure out what is real and what's not real in his life. And he says something along the lines of, everything that we see exists. He says, I can see my mommy's eyes, I can see my hands, but I can't see myself. So do I even exist? And as I was thinking about this, I thought immediately of the 
French philosopher uh, Rene Descartes. Yeah. Because this is the exact opposite of what right. <laughs> he devoted his entire philosophy to. So if you're familiar with uh, Descartes, basically he had the idea to take everything that he knew to be true and wipe it from his mind. And so he basically locked himself in a room and started from scratch saying that nothing is is real until I can prove it to be real. Correct. Yeah. Including himself. So the idea that, and I think we've probably asked this question ourselves sometime in our life, I see you, but are you really there? Yeah. Am I really here? Do I really exist? Is everything just something playing in my head? And these are the questions that Descartes tried to answer. So if you're interested in seeing what he came up with, I encourage you to go check out his works. They're a little heavy and yeah, yeah, hard yeah. to understand, but they're, they're fun. So, but his big premise, and probably what he's most famous for, I think, is he came up with the, the reasoning, I think, therefore I am. Right. So it's this idea that because I think and I know that I have this reasoning in my head and that I can even go through this process of thought, that proves that I have to exist. Correct. Even if my body doesn't exist, I know that myself within my mind exists. Even if it's kind of like this matrix situation where everything around me is fake, at least I know that I am real. And so this is kind of the opposite of what we're seeing Mr. Nobody talking about as a, as a kid. And I think we were talking about this before we recorded how this is exactly how we see God sometimes, you know? Right. We can't see God in physical essence. Yeah. We can only see him working in our lives. And sometimes the not seeing God is what causes people to ask, beg the question, is there God? Mm -hmm. I actually remember I took philosophy classes in college. My first two semesters of college, me and a friend took them together. One was just on like philosophy of arguing, how to argue correctly straw man's theory stuff like that the other one was just intro to philosophy and i remember halfway through the semester just driving home one day because we were just getting philosophical debates all the time philosophical debates those are the best time and um i was just driving home and i made it into the driveway and it just hit me like a ton of bricks god's not real like there was no way and i like started panicking because everything that i knew and like stood on like shattered so i just like called my friend up and explained i was like this is why god's not real this is what i've come to a conclusion and he just said like two words that like restructured everything he's like what but you forgot to ask this question and i don't remember anything except the fact it's like oh yeah and that kind of goes into another thing that happened is in this moment of like the little boy kind of questioning like do i exist he asks his mom like a lot of questions and she says stop asking why yeah. It's complicated. Which me and Chris, for our mission at True Cross with our teens, the fir- we opened this semester with the idea that it's okay to question. It's what we call the night. It's okay to question. Mm-hmm. And like our vision for kind of this youth ministry with these teens is creating a space to teach them about God and who Jesus is and give them that experience, but also a safe space for them to come and grow in their faith. And I think growing in your faith is asking that why or is asking or is doubting even like you know they say doubting is a sin but almost like having that doubt and then act taking the active steps like i said goes back to like not moving or moving moving 
towards seeking an answer. Yeah. I was at a seminar a couple of weeks ago and the presenter, he started off by saying it, it's good to ask questions. He said a working mind is always asking questions. So if you're not asking questions, then your brain is not active. Right. You know, so if it's, it's a sign of intelligence to continue to ask questions. And so we desire truth. And this is part of the reason why we have this podcast. We desire truth. And what does scripture tell us? Truth is Jesus himself. Correct. You know, we are made to desire truth because we are made to desire God. Right. It's all pointing us back to him. Yeah. Which is something I pretty much told the kids. I felt, I told them if you actively seek out answers and truth to your questions, like as you find an answer, weigh that truth to see if there's another opposite truth, you know, play devil's advocate and Mm -hmm. do that. Then I, there's no way that that can't lead you back to Jesus, which is kind of what happened to me. I stepped out of my faith because of podcasts, a lot of podcasts that made me question. And I was like, I'm just going to go and study faith, religion, and answer all my questions. Mm -hmm. And two years, three years later, uh, here I am back in the church as a missionary. On the Um, podcast. On the podcast. The irony is real. And another thing on that same point of those years, three years, one of the lives that Nemo lives, because he has three girls that he knew as a kid, um, Anna, Jean, and Elise. Mm-hmm. And it shows what would have happened if he dated and ended up marrying each one of them and why. And also what would have happened in, within that marriage. In, in like a billion different situations. So many different situations. And Jean, who was the only unlucky girl of the situation because he ended up marrying her out of like envy and like all these bad sins of like not getting the other girls. Mm-hmm. Um, Jean is someone that when he ended up with her said, I'm going to marry her. I'm going to be rich. We're going to have a huge house and all these things. And he reached all those goals. He was rich. He had a house. He had kids. It was like basically what I kind of coined the American dream of like, yeah, do this, this, and this, what we're kind of told that we need to do to be happy. Mm -hmm. And then he was bored and he ended up being sad and not depressed, but just content is the word. And when I was seeking out of my faith for like these things and like what is right, and what is wrong, I just ended up on two things. Happiness is a choice. So I can choose to be happy. And I just did that. I chose to be happy every day. Mm-hmm. And everything happens for a reason. And that kind of came my like life mantra. And after I was like there, after three years, I was happy and living out happily. And like a, whenever something bad would happen, I'm like, okay, what's the good in this? But I just hit a wall of contentment, like where I was just content in life and just kind of living at that point. And I hated it. Mm. And it wasn't until like I came back to the faith and re-met this God who is constantly creating. You know, he's not just a, someone that created the world in the beginning and then let, let it alone and like watches us. But now he's still creating us, which is another thing we see in the movie. The world around Nemo is constantly being created. There's actually like helicopters lowering and building the ocean. Yeah. There's like holes in the ocean as it's it's building. So, the, but this, the idea of this faith is not something that we can become content in. You can have the idea of like, I'm going to learn everything about God. I'm going to read all the documents and like study the Bible in and out. And you wouldn't have enough time on earth to even do that. Mm-hmm. Um, or you could read the Bible every day for your life and get something new out of it every time. It's, right. it's the living word and that idea of 
contentment versus with initiative within our faith and constantly moving, you'll get answers and you'll hear God in those moments. Yeah, absolutely. And then going in off of that, everything happens for a reason. It's kind of something we see too is Nemo has these choices to make and has this decision. But the only decisions we see that he really has control over are what affects, not kind of what affects him, but like affects him in the essence of who is he going to be with, where he's going to go. But things that are just like one realm outside of that, he has no control over. So his parents being divorced is just something that is. And his mom ends up dating another guy later on and they don't work out. And there was no play of like what would have happened if they stayed together. And it's because that kind of was just something that was. And so uh, another podcast, Catching Foxes, Luke and Gomer, yeah. kind of shattered my idea of everything happens for a reason. Catching Foxes. Yeah, foxes. <laughs> <laughs> they did a podcast on the fact that not everything always happens for a reason. Some things just are. And it's that idea of like God will take what happens and bless that and become a part of it. But it's not all out of like, God's making this happen. You know, God didn't wake us up and let it like create, make us eat waffles today. Or if you put your waffle in the toaster and then it gets burnt, like that's not God's fault. And that's not really Satan's fault. Satan, like, I'm going to burn his toast today. <laughs> it's just something that happened. And so we have these things that just happen. How are we going to react? How are we going to turn to God in those moments and say, okay, you're still here? Mm-hmm. Um, and ask, ask him of that of there. And he has a will for us too, essentially. And I kind of say in the beginning, like his will is to love us. He created us out of love. He wills the best, um, best for us. And it goes back to, in the movie, that butterfly effect. Mm-hmm. One of the girls that is kind of mine and Clint's favorite, you know, like Anna, and who he kind of ends, ends up with. Spoiler. Is he gets her number after like not seeing her for years. And she's like, here's my number. It's like kind of moving too fast. Call me in two days. But immediately after she walks away a raindrop hits that piece of paper and like dissipates the ink and he no longer has the number. And he's like, do you want to know why I lost Anna? Because two months ago, a guy in Brazil who was unemployed boiled an egg and that egg caused like a chain reaction in the the air, which two months later caused a rainstorm on the other side of the world. And the reason he was unemployed was because six months before that, I was supposed to buy had a choice between expensive jeans like Levi's or the cheaper pair. And I bought the cheaper pair. So mm-hmm. he lost his job. Yeah. Um, and that goes into like, not everything happens for a reason. Some things do happen for a reason. It's not all of God, but God's will is to love us. And for like the good in that situation to be, to, to shine the light in that good yeah. of everything. So he lost her number, but if he's not going to get down about it, if he's not going to, and he turns to God in that moment, like, God, this happened. I need you. Um, which is, goes back to the little way. Like you're trying, you're showing initiative, trying to go up that stair. But in that same moment, you can't, you're saying, God, I need you. And it's because of that constant failure of the constant struggle that we keep turning back to God and building on that relationship. And it takes a lot of vulnerability, I think, to be able to even admit that, we're willing to try expecting to fail. Right. I think we are all so stubborn sometimes that we don't even want to try if we don't think we can succeed from the very beginning. Or even the idea of thinking God doesn't accept failure. 
Right. Oh, yeah. We think he wants perfection, like us, like to be the perfect beings we are, or like not to sin. Mm-hmm. But his grace and mercy, like, shatter that completely. Right. And yeah. he always chooses the the downtrodden and the the low, lowest of all of us to to lead the the strongest and the greatest. So, do you have a, a challenge for the week? At I all? do. My biggest challenge is. Kind of this, the end on this one quote that Nemo says in the end, the journalist kind of looks at him after hearing his entire life story and he says, everything you say is contradictory. You can't have been in one place and another at the same time of all those lives. Which one is the right one? And Nemo says, each of these lives is the right one. Every path is the right path. Everything could have been anything else and it would have just as much meaning. And in that, I think it's kind of what we're talking of, like when we take initiative, when we actively move rather than not move, God blesses anything we do and gives it meaning. And so what is something in your life this week, last week, something you're working with right now that's a big decision, small decision that you've just been stuck in or you've been not moving in and Rather than saying, God, give me an answer of what to do, say, God, I need you and move, right? Move one way or the other. So I challenge you to kind of just turn to God and say, I need your help and then take initiative. And I encourage you to not just stop there either. I think once we make the decision and and we act on it, we also need to reflect and see, okay, is, is God bringing fruit to this is yeah. is this seem like it's it's something that he still wants for me to do or is he calling me in a different direction you know yeah. this is something we have to actively be praying about and right. and be reflecting on maybe even taking a few minutes each day and see okay how did that decision go today did it go well okay well why did it go well did it go well because maybe it was just a good day or did it go well because god's really bringing this to fruition in my life you know, and just reflect on that a little bit and see if that's the direction that he wants for you to keep going. So. Yeah. Kind of like Nemo said, like, we can't go back, which is something I think it stalls us. Mm-hmm. But C.S. Lewis writes in like Mere Christianity, once we realize the pathway of going down is possibly the wrong one, it's actually quicker to turn around, go back to where we decided and go start taking the other path than it is to keep going down that path, hoping there's another decision that we make that will veer us back onto the path. Right. So we can go like work backwards and it's not doing extra work. It's doing this like the work we're supposed to be doing. Right. Um, so constantly reflecting and realizing, okay, this is right. What's next? Where next? Or, okay, this isn't for me, um, but working in that moment. Yeah. So there's your challenge for the week. Gordon, do you have any shout outs? I do not. I don't think I have any shout outs this week. Yeah. It's been like three days. Yeah. So. <laughs> I want to give some shout outs to some of our I guess, top listeners and some of our new listeners and stuff so that we haven't given shout outs to before. So first off, I want to give a shout out to Emily Dristada. She's one of our friends from the Galveston Young Adult Group too. So thank you for listening. And then Nick Pomus, who is a young adult from here in Lee City, goes to school in Houston. And then I want to give some shout outs to Andy Tucson and Joshua Nolan too. Thank you guys for listening. If you're new to listening, please continue to listen. Hopefully you guys are enjoying what you hear and please, please, please share it with anyone you think might enjoy this show. Definitely. Anyone who likes media, movies, books, TV shows, whatever. As always, you can get a hold of us on our 
email account, which is in the notes section. If you want to look into any of the media that we talked about in the show, check the notes section. We always put the details and where you can find some of those books and movies and stuff in the notes section of the Correct. podcast. So check that out. And then you can always get a hold of us at Twitter, Facebook, face to face, whatever. Just please let us know what you think. Give us feedback. Please subscribe and follow and share our stuff because SoundCloud takes that into consideration when it recommends it to other people. So right. please help us out. We'll be praying for you guys and please pray for us too. Thanks for joining us on the adventure and we'll see you guys next week. See ya.